Welcome to the soon-to-be award-winning Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Monday, February 14th, day 2022. Coming right up, we're going to talk about what the 666 means. We're going to talk about the pandemic, and we're going to talk about Psalms 45 first. Don't you dare miss it. All anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. This Companion Chapel Podcast makes the Bible easy for you to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. Get involved with this Companion Chapel podcast. Get involved with the Companion Chapel. Contact me at companionchapel.com. Companion Chapel email is companionchapel at gmail.com. It'd be great to hear from you. And don't forget, I do this full-time, and I'm sitting here with no electricity or running water for going on two years now. But this podcast depends on God's provisions through you. And don't forget, I'm your servant. And I have to go to the grocery store too. But here we are in Psalms chapter 45. And we're going to talk about, like I said, Psalms 45. You always have to teach the Bible first before you do topical lessons. And this will lead us up to the 666. And this will lead us up to what's going on on planet Earth today. You have to come to an understanding of both sides of the argument. And that's what Jesus Christ requires of us. Come to an understanding of others. That's why when it says you have to love your enemy, you come to an understanding. You grab the bulls by the horn and get right down into it and understand their argument. So you can have an esoteric philosophical debate on it and come to a, a solid conclusion and find out what's right and what's wrong. You'll find out the truth. And our Lord Jesus Christ is the light. He is the truth. He is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And with that being said, Psalms chapter 45. Please turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 45 and verse 1. We're talking about the Deliverer here. We're going to be talking about the Godhead. Now remember, all God's prophecies occurred and developed in partial and preliminary happenings before they become fulfilled and permanent as it's written in the Bible. God's word was, is, and always will be. Therefore, his prophecies are the same. They complete a circuit. And in the book of Corinthians, Apostle Paul tells us all these things were for examples for us in these end times. They happened then. These words were written then, and they apply to us in the here and now. Verse 1, my heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Now, what's this meaning, dating mean? It means running over or flowing with, overflowing with a good matter. And he's ready with readiness of mind in respect of the subject of interest here. And his tongue is like a pen. Okay, thank you for writing this down. Thou art fair then the children of man, grace is poured into thy lips. Therefore, God has blessed thee forever. Now, let's just get right down to it here. This was written a long time before. And this looks forward to the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace. It's none other than Yeshua Messiah, the salvation of Yahweh, his righteous right arm. He is your ministry of salvation. Get in line. The doors are open. He's your Savior, your Redeemer, your deliverer and the kinsman redeemer for whomsoever will gird thy sword upon thy thigh O most mighty with thy glory and thy majesty that's written in the book of revelation the same thing what is the sword the sword comes from his mouth it is the sword of truth 
It's his words. It's the living word. It's yea or nay. There's no making concessions with God's word. You can't compromise with God's word. You can't marginalize what the Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross for you, for me, for the one-third that fell in the first age, the age that was. He's trying to get us back out of this. Verse 4. And in thy majesty ride prosperously because of truth and meekness and righteousness, and thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things. It's not terrible like we think in the English, terrible. It's truthful. And it's going to seem terrible. That's why in the Bible it says, when he said to John, John, take this little book. That's this Bible that you have in your hand right now. 800 pages. Take this little book. Eat it up and... Uh, and John eats it up. He gets it into him. He digests it. And he says, uh, it's bittersweet. Well, it's bitter knowing what's going on with our brothers and sisters, the whole human family. All the evil in the world comes from the human heart. It's perpetuated by the human heart. It's instigated by the instigator himself, the adversary, the devil, Satan, the old serpent. Majesty, ride prosperously. Yeah, it's in motion is what's being said here. God's word is not stagnant. It's not stale. It wasn't written a long time ago and it stopped. It's perpetual motion completing the circuit, which we know if you're a student of Genesis chapter 1, Psalms 19. And of course, the great book of Revelation. He's completing a circuit on this flesh age. It's such a short period of time, but so much is hinging on it on an individual basis. Truth. Lord Jesus Christ is the truth. Meek in the Hebrew means much different than what we think meek in the English means. Meek in the Hebrew means to afflict yourself with self-discipline. Learn to say no to yourself in the face of all the vain curiosities of obscene attitudes, of obscene entitlement, of what's in it for me, of the greeds and gluttonies and oppression of others just so you can get ahead the self-gratification of the flesh and of your bank account and of your material things of the be meek and learn to say no to progress profit consumerism materialism constant change uncertainty inconsistency the lord jesus christ is true meek righteous that means for you stability security he is your rock. He's your only stability, your refuge, your fortress, your only certainty. These words are written in the councils of eternity, and they will come to pass. So he's riding prosperously. He's going to get rid of evil, but evil has to play itself out. Evil will destroy itself from within. Thy arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, whereby the people fall under thee. That's right. That's talking like the rod of iron. Jesus Christ isn't going to be going around with a piece of rebar beating people on the back. You beat yourself up when the truth hits you. When you find out that you're wrong and you want, and it's up to you to be corrected. But yeah, it hits you like a kick in the gut. Hey, my train of thought was incorrect. You have to come to terms with what's inside of you. And you have to repent and change your ways and conform to God. Conform to the higher authority, your, your Father. He knows how to get you back into a place of peace beyond your present comprehension is what our Lord Jesus Christ set up for us when he suffered on the cross like that. He defeated death. He defeated evil. He, and now he has every right to set up a kingdom, of, a place of peace 
beyond our present comprehension that will not allow evil in. It is valid. It is legit. And what's being said here is you have to come to terms with what's inside of you. You have to repent. You have to understand in the book of Romans it says, do not conform to the ways and things of the world. Conform to God. He has set up the whole universe for us. He dwells in the zodiac as it's written in Psalms chapter 19. You have to follow the unique light giver, the greater of the two unique light givers. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 14 to 18. And the word light there is a verb. That means it's an action as opposed to the word light in uh, in the first couple verses of Genesis chapter 1, let there be light. That word light is a different word. That word light is the noun, the light, the, you know, the sunshine. But anyways, let's just carry on here before I get too far away from the topic here. Yeah, people fall under thee. It's true. When people hear the truth, and Jesus Christ was one, the greatest supernatural teacher in the history of humanity. He loved us so much. He spoke in parables so that we could paint a picture in our mind that applies to a million gazillion different scenarios that come up every day in humanity in front of us. And when somebody gives somebody the truth, Jesus Christ said it'll be like I'm putting new wine in an old wineskin. They burst. Or putting an old, a new piece of material for a patch on an old pair of jeans. Yeah, they pucker up and they burst. What a great analogy. Have you ever seen anybody who just, oh, they hear the, hear the word of God and they get upset? The divisions, we talked about that yesterday on the podcast. It's a war within a war amongst Christians. They, they go at each other. And the heathen too. Have you ever tried to talk to an atheist and explain to them about evolution? This, these are the arrows that go sharp into the heart of the king, the Lord's enemies. When they talk about evolution, we need to say something simply like this. If evolution were true, Mr. Atheist, and we pray for you, if evolution were true, there would have to be an infinite array of fossils and remains at every minute stage of transition from the single cell to every species we see now. Every species and species that have come and gone. Those fossils and remains don't exist. And God's Word told us through Moses, a guy walking around sandals in a sheet, Hey, I rejuvenated the earth starting 14,000 years ago. I put mankind on the earth 8,000 years ago. And 6,000 years ago, I put Adam and Eve there. And he shows us, he gives us his time frame template. One day with the Lord is 1,000 years. Apply that to Genesis chapter 1. And it'll open up for you. How would Moses have possibly known that? There was an ice age, by the way, too. There was no photosynthesis occurring. God is great. Eliyah, our God is Yahweh. And here we go. Let's talk about God, verse 6. Thy throne, O God, there's the Godhead, is forever and ever. He's the God of the universe. He was there in the beginning before the first Adam was formed on the highest part of the dust of the earth, when the whole universe was a pulverized dust. Proverbs 8 tells us. God tells us how he came into existence there. A consciousness formed. Obviously. We can't comprehend space and time now. He has us reduced and re restricted here. We look up into the sky, it's incomprehensible to us. It goes on forever. Not even the wildest Hollywood mind can, can come up with, like, what do you mean forever? It just it makes no sense to us. God has us reduced and restricted so we can come to terms with what's inside of us, repent of it, and God can reconcile us. Our Heavenly Father can reconcile us through Jesus Christ so we can get back to living 
the way God wanted us to live. He didn't want us in these flesh bodies, but we had to be in these flesh bodies. And we'll talk more about that in Revelation chapter 12, when we're going to go there today before we get to the 666. But God repented that he had to put us in the flesh bodies. When God repents, it means much different than us. He doesn't have a change of heart. He's consistent. When God repents, it means he sighed with disappointment. I have to put you people through once through the matrix, born innocent of woman. So you can come to terms with what's inside you. And Satan hated that. Revelation chapter 12. Satan hated that because he only has a short time to, to beat on us. But he's doing a good job. God, O throne, O God, forever. Thy scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Our Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua Messiah, the salvation of Yahweh, his righteous right hand, righteous right arm. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. God's not a God. He didn't create all his children so they could fight each other and build up huge armies and spread biological germ warfare and hatred on each other. Once we're out of these flesh bodies, we find out, hey, the universe is a place of peace. It's not a war up there. It's not a hell. It's not a place of oppression and upsetness. God shall wipe away all tears for whomsoever will. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. He just hates it. He won't put up with it. If you have it in you, one third did. And we had to be round up and pass through the matrix once, born innocent of woman. He loves you so much. He sent his only begotten son to take the lowest earthly position. He did not sin. He was innocent, not guilty. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in the Lord Jesus Christ. He loves you so much that when he spilt his blood, the covenant was laid. And he set up a place of peace beyond our present comprehension for us to come to a millennium period, a great time of teaching before great white throne judgment. Finally, after that, we can get on with the eternity the way God created us. Peaceful entities. Not war entities. Therefore God, thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Yeah, Jesus Christ, his righteous right arm. In Psalms 22 and in Psalms 35 it says, well, he is the darling soul. He is my darling, the only begotten one. The very soul of God dwelt in the Lord Jesus Christ. He was God. First and foremost in importance, he sent his only begotten son. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He loves his planet, Mother Earth, and he loves his people. But evil has to rid itself. And we're responsible for that. All of us have to take a responsibility for our part in the Lord Jesus Christ's suffering and come to terms with that and allow the love of Christ to come into our hearts and we pray for the whole human family. Oil of gladness above thy fellows. John chapter 12. Hey, all thy garments smell of myrrh and aloe and cassius out of the ivory palaces whereby they have made thee glad. That's right. We're talking about the temple, the millennium temples and the eternal temple of God. Looking forward. This was written a long time ago, but this was written for us here and now. King's daughters were among thy honorable woman. Upon thy right hand did stand the queen in gold and of Ophir, hearken, O daughter, and consider and incline thy ear. Forget also thy old people, 
thine own people and thy father's house. So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty, for he is thy Lord, and worship thou him. Okay, let's stop right here. What's he talking about? Jesus Christ is preparing the virgin bride during the millennium period to present to Father. And Father will accept that virgin bride because Jesus Christ will cleanse us in that great time of teaching, the millennium period. Now, some people don't get to come over to the millennium period side, to the uh, heaven side. And that's written in great detail in the millennium chapters of the book of Ezekiel. God's a God of love, whomsoever will. God will not violate the principles of free will. He will not force somebody to love him. He's not going to go around with a piece of rebar, that rod of iron, and say, yeah, you love me now, you love me now. No, that's bully. That's thug. That's the American style of peace. Not the American people, but their foreign policy. Yeah, we're going to go over there and force these people to think a certain way, uh, do things a certain way. That's the rod of iron. That's satanic rod of iron. Oppression, war, censorship, foreign sanctions, economic sanctions, restricting people nutritionally. We're talking about God is looking for his virgin bride. Remember in Psalms chapter 19, where's God? He's up in the zodiac. He's, he's going around. He's doing his circuit. And he's like a bridegroom waiting in the bridal canopy, and he's running a race like a strong man. He's unstoppable. This is happening. And he's waiting for his virgin bride being described here. And you want to be part of this. O daughter of Tyre, there shall, shall be there with a gift. Even, uh, even the rich among the people shall entreat thy favor. What is the gift? We think you're going to go up there. Yeah, God, you know what? I made uh, a couple million bucks down here. Uh, my credit's good. Uh, yeah, yeah, here, I'm going to buy my way in. I don't think so. You know, when you think tire, why do you say tire? Tire is always said in a bad sense. That was the economic place that Satan set up as we went through this age. The king of tire. That was the money place of greed, gluttony, entitlement, oppression of others. The money, love of money is the root of all evil. What's this saying? Daughter of Tyre, you have a chance to repent. What's the gift? God only wants one gift, the greatest sacrifice you can give. Unadulterated love and loyalty to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's get on with the eternity here. That's what he wants. God wants his children back. But he will not violate the principles of free will, and you cannot violate the principles of God without consequence. Verse 13, the king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is of wrought gold. She shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought unto thee. In other words, there is still an order of things, a hierarchy in heaven, but there is no oppression. Some people have a better chance. This is everybody probably listening. Uh, Canada, United States, Europe. You have a chance here to get the Word of God into you and claim your spot, claim your inheritance in the Millennium Temple. We all still need correction. There's none of us even close to perfect. But some of us have more matured as it's written in the Bible. You become more mature with loyalty and honesty and integrity, things you can't pay with money, you can't buy with money. Morals, ethically, socially. 
spiritually especially. Okay, this is what we're talking about here. The virgins, yeah, he's only going to accept the virgin bride. Okay, this this takes us to um, Matthew 24, 19, which we go over this all the time. Matthew 24, 19, and I'm just going to turn there quickly. And this verse, I, like I, I just never hear anybody teaching this verse correctly, and that's sad. I pray for everybody. Matthew 24, 19, and when Jesus Christ says, Woe to them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. Yeah, as we wrap up the affairs of time, you're facing your mortality, you're wrapping up the affairs of time on yourself right now anyway. Like you're down to your last couple million breaths, really, and that's just going to pass. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how big of a star you think you are. Fate won't negotiate. Like you're going to pass on. Death is certain. And you will be judged on what's in you. It says with child and give suck. You're talking about a mummy and a little baby? Absolutely not. Christ will only accept a virgin bride. This means what you conceive in your mind, what you're devising. And this is, this is also even interpreted in Psalms chapter 7. And I'm going to have to go there because uh, it's the best spot to go. Psalms chapter 7. What are we talking about here? What are you carrying? What are you conceiving inside you? Like a, what, what a great analogy Christ gives us. Like, people will protect their opinions with their life. They will personify stuff they hear on documentaries or this ridiculous global media, which is just destitute of truth. And they'll say, yes, that has to be true. That's a glossy documentary made in Hollywood. Uh, these must be facts. And they'll teach you ridiculous things like evolution. They'll teach you everything outside of the Word of God. They'll just chronically lie to you. And if you take in those things and you digest them and you conceive them and you de devise things in your mind that are away from God's word, it says, behold, in Psalms 7:14, which is the interpretation, like the Bible contains its own glossary. Always translate within the Bible. Woe unto those that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. You're nursing along false doctrine. You're protecting it. Psalm 7:14. behold, he travaileth with iniquity, and he conceived mischief and brought forth falsehood. Traditions, hearsay. Again, it means, uh, again, it means you can't violate the principles of God without consequence. You can't go in there and say, you know, Jesus Christ, uh, I saw this documentary, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of doubt some of the things that are written in here. Well, you know what? Jesus Christ is the judge. And I'm just going to say it like this. He's the judge. And let's use an analogy that everyone can, can uh, relate to. Say you take, uh, you want to go to university and you sign up for, let's say, horticulture. Okay, so you walk in into the, um, into the what do you call that, uh, theater that you study in, the lecture hall. You walk into the lecture hall the first day and there's your teacher the teacher is going to judge you whether you get your certificate at the end of this course or not and think about god our lord jesus christ is going to judge you whether you get into the kingdom of heaven or whether you got to go to hell for the next for a thousand years after after you die the millennium period before great white throne judgment okay so back to the lecture hall with the horticulture guy he hands you a bunch of textbooks just like Jesus Christ handed you this little book. 
So you're sitting there and you're flipping through these textbooks and you're just like shaking your head. No, 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 I know better. My grandma had a garden. I know horticulture. And you start running your mouth and you start devising things up inside you. I know how to grow tomatoes. I know how to grow a garden. My grandma taught me how to grow peas. And, 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 you know, and you're not learning anything about horticulture. You're just smatterings of how to grow things in a garden. And what do you think is going to happen as time goes on and you keep, keep doubting what's in those textbooks, in those horticulture textbooks? And you keep going, no, I know better. What's going to happen? What's the judge? What's the professor going to do? What's your teacher, your master, your rabbi going to do? Your wonderful counselor? What's the judge going to do? He's going to fail you. And he's going he's gonna to impose judicial blindness on you. He's gonna, I'm not even going to teach this guy. You know what? He's just running his mouth. He's disruptive to the class. He's disruptive to others. He's ruining the class. You're ruining the horticulture class. Why is that? Persistent unbelief. Judicial blindness always follows persistent unbelief, imaginative criticism, and chronic disobedience. And our Lord Jesus Christ is the same way when he judges. I'm going to impose judicial blindness on you. Oh, you want you want strong delusion? You think you know better? You think you know so much in your little teeny weeny little life? You've been restricted and reduced, and you still can't come to terms with thinking that you are all that in a bag of chips, and you know better. Oh, you've watched some documentaries? You watch Grandma plant your garden? You think you know better? Hey, the horticulture professor is going to fail you. He's the judge. You failed. And Jesus Christ is going to say, Hey, brother. Hey, kid, that's strike two. Strike one was all of us in the first age. One third of us followed Satan. We have to come to terms with that. That's a mortifying thought. Where's the other two thirds? They're watching us in their spiritual bodies, the angels, the hosts of heaven, the stars. And upon when we die in this flesh age, we get to go back and join them. But there's many mansions and some of them aren't very nice. So just remember... God's plans, plots, and purposes are to rid the world of evil. You can't conceive it and devise it within you and then go up to Jesus Christ on judgment day and go, you know what, you know what, you know what, Jesus, why don't you sit down for a minute? Uh, I got a few things written down here in my heart. I've devised them, I've conceived them, and I've protected them like a mother protects her child in the womb. What's Jesus Christ going to say? Well, he already told us. He told us all things. He's depart from me. You never took the time to get to know me. You listen to the ways and things of the world and you follow them. There you go. Go over there into the hell side with Lazarus. No, not Lazarus, but with the rich man. Luke chapter 16. He paints a beautiful, crystal clear picture in our mind. What it'll be like. The rich man over there still running his mouth, still thinking he knows better. Saying to Abraham in the heaven side and Lazarus who's in his bosom. Lazarus is just chilling with Abraham. And the, and the rich man still thinks he knows better. He's still trying to change the road to salvation to, to suit his, what he thinks. He's going to go, go tell Lazarus, Hey, Abraham, imagine running your mouth against Abraham. Abraham, go tell Lazarus, go get me a drink of water. Go tell Lazarus, go down there and appear in front of my brothers and sisters down there. And then Abraham goes, Listen, you didn't believe Moses and the prophets when he was right there. You're not gonna, they're, not gonna, they're not gonna believe anything. You guys think you know better then you can go over there and play somewhere else for a thousand years. And it's going to stab you like these arrows, as it's written. The arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. Yeah, you're going to be mortified when you realize that you're wrong. But some people just can't let go of it. 
They constantly try to prove themselves right, no matter how distorted from the truth they become. And, and think about this. We're going to be talking about the mark. I'm going to finish this chapter, and then we're going to go to Revelation and talk about the mark of the beast quickly. I don't want to run too long today. So instead of thy fathers... Okay, wait a minute. We missed, we missed a few things here. It said, uh, forget also thy own people and thy father's house. Where's your focus? I'm going back to verse 10 here. Where's your focus? Like if other people don't want to follow the word of the Lord, uh, you know, you plant seeds and focus on the Lord first. If other people are following the ways and things of the world, hey, don't be tempted by it. Don't be tempted by progress, profit, materialism, consumerism. So what if Buddy's got a brand new uh, Cadillac? So what if they have a house with the pool in the back? Hey, look at it. Let's talk about Pablo Escobar. Where is he now? Oh, he had 20 giant houses with big pools, and he had so much money that uh, he didn't know what to do with it. They're burying it all over Colombia, like billions of dollars. It said Pablo Escobar was making $1,000 a second for 10 years solid. Where is he now? And where is all that stuff and things that people covet and will kill each other for? Literally. And, and oppress each other for. And get to it. Where is that stuff? Check it out. Almost all the mansions that he built, Mother Nature's just taking back. And we discussed that in the, in the last, uh, well, Revelation chapter 12 and 13, what we went, went over yesterday. Mother Nature just takes it all back. Where is he now? Well, he's on the hell side, thinking he can buy his way out. Look at the misery he caused on planet Earth by selling those horrible drugs and drawing people away from God's word. And drawing people into fantasies about, if I had his money, oh, how great life would be. How great was life? Did, are these rich people really happy? Like, they can buy anything in the ways and things of the world, but when they go to bed at night, like, they have to have huge security details around them. They're always worried about their stuff and their things. To Jesus Christ, hey, everything belongs to the Lord. All mercies, blessings, and grace. Wait, did he, what, did, did he go around creating investment portfolios? that make gain at the expense of other people's human rights and at the expense of Mother Nature's rights? No, he didn't have a dime. He didn't even care. But people will go around fighting for money, begging for money. And when I say fighting for money, I'm talking people don't care where their money comes from, especially their investment portfolios. Are you getting rich at the expense of others? I talked to a couple bankers not too long ago, and it just made me sick. They said, uh, we don't care where the money goes, as long as it comes back with a return. Well, enjoy your money now, banker. Yeah, I'm getting in my rusty Cadillac Escalade, and you guys have brand new ones, and they're mocking me, and they're saying, hey, yeah, where's your God now? Why don't you have a big mansion and a new car? I'm just like, dude, the love of Christ is in my heart. I pray for you. Enjoy your reward now, just like Pavel Escobar did. And then you just die, and then what do you got? Nothing. You guys are miserable. All you care about is money and counting money and the things money can buy. And you're always worried about somebody's going to come along and take it. Meanwhile, it all belongs to the treasure of the world, Satan himself. He's just going to manipulate it the way he wants to manipulate it. And our Lord Jesus Christ is in charge with the greatest riches that never grow old and always love you back. That crappy Bible will never love you back. Progress, profit, materialism, consumerism. You've got to shake that attitude. It's destroying planet Earth and annihilating the human race. 
but come to an understanding. We understand why people are like that because they're blinded by greed, judicial blindness, imaginative criticism, persistent unbelief, the spirit of slumber and the spirit of strong delusion as it's written in the Bible. God will give it to you. Hey, you want to go think like that? Go ahead. Here's Satan. He's going to, he's going to, uh, release some demons and they're going to play a snare drum on your head. You deserve more greed, gluttony, attitudes of obscene entitlement over other people of your own human family. Yeah, when you sit there and think you can buy your way into heaven, Jesus Christ, here, I got a credit card here. Can you, I want to park in the front, give me a seat in the front. And uh, Jesus Christ is going to say, look how you got rich. Look what you did to these other people in Africa, in Asia, by your greed and gluttony, you fed into it. Those people that didn't have a chance, they have a seat in heaven and they will get taught if their heart is pure and clean. They didn't have a chance. What's your excuse, Canada, Russia, or Canada, United States, and Europe? There's a Bible in every house. It's a little teeny book. Drive it into you. Be somebody. Gladness and rejoicing, they shall be brought. They shall enter into the king's palace. This is eternity. This is when we're in our spiritual bodies. There's no more aging. No more aches and pains. You don't have to take a nappy poo and then go eat and then everything else that goes along with that. Soar back. Facing your mortality. Everything you see around you is going to just deteriorate, fall apart like a cheap lawn chair, and everybody's going to die. And they're going to watch you die. Like God is the God of the living. He didn't want to put us through this, but he gave us a short time to come to terms with what's inside of us. You have to love the whole human family. Jesus Christ taught that. Or you can't come in if you're carrying blames, regrets, anxieties, worries, doubts, uncertainties, arrogance, aggression, anger, blame, greed, gluttony. Those things are not allowed in the kingdom of heaven. Because if they were, same with thieves and liars, if they were allowed into the kingdom of heaven, it'd be nothing more than a new hell. And that's not what Jesus Christ set up. A place of peace. The universe is a place of peace, not a place of war. 16. Instead of thy fathers shall be thy children, in whom thou mayest make princes in all the earth. He's going to treat you like his little prince and princess. I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore shall the people praise thee forever and ever, from the ages to ages. Amen. Why is this Psalms wrapped up tight? It has the superscription, which is the title, and the subscription, which is the subtitle here, the same. Only two Psalms like that are the same. This is the circuit of God. It's complete. It is safety, completeness, unity, just like this book. Now let's go to, uh, we're going to talk about how this has to do with anything with the 666. Now watch this. It all comes together. We're going to go to Revelation chapter 12 again. It's one of my favorite chapters. It's so easy. I don't know why anyone says you can't understand this. <clears throat> I'm going to just going to go to um, verse 16. Now we're talking about here in Revelation chapter uh, 12 verse 16 before we get to the 666 what's it mean here and the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood and the dragon that the which the dragon cast out of his mouth what's that well this means that God put his had his pass through the matrix born once in his own woman that we had to be born into the flesh God repented of that but it doesn't mean he changed his mind it says he sighed with disappointment Okay, so Mother, Mother Nature, Mother Earth here, 
is what's being talked about. Swallows us up. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. If we were in our spiritual bodies in this time frame, this flesh age, then Satan would have a lot longer time to, to play on us. And Satan hated that God put us in these flesh bodies. Hey, you only have a short time with these people. We're going to show them what you're all about, Satan. People are going to follow you. And Mother Earth is going to swallow them up generation after generation. But the, all the evil in the heart just keeps getting perpetuated. Woe unto those who build house onto house. Stop it. At your generation now with your children. Stop the ambush of lies from coming in. Get your children to unglue their face from those screens. Of deception. Entitlement. Of greed, gluttony, wantings and longings. That feed into Satan's trademark template of the economy, the political system, the global media, and the one world religious system, his four dynasties, progress, profit, materialism, consumerism, come to an understanding. Yeah, the earth helped woman, because if we were alive too long, all of us, evil would just, we would just destroy the planet. That's why we have to have the next generation come up in the next generation. And out of her mouth, a flood. Well, Mother Nature is a force of God. Nothing man makes uh, will or can stand. Just look at all Pablo Escobar's stuff. All his mansions are just decrepit now. Mother Nature takes back all old civilizations, uh, every, all those thought patterns, but mankind just keeps perpetuating it. You can. What side are you going to perpetuate? What is the mark? This is what we're going to get at. Go down to the end of Revelation chapter 13. The mark. The mark is means to know. This is the mark of the beast. It means to know. We get we translate within the Bible. The word the the word chargma in the Greek corresponds with the Hebrew word yada. So we follow that thread through the Bible. That's your glossary. That's God's trademark stamp of validity. The threads that run through the Bible make up the structural fabric of the key of David itself. It's when you translate outside of the Bible. For example, following people's opinions and uh, and artist depictions and people that are biblically illiterate that don't respect hey god gave a remnant of truth find one he'll teach you the bible what is this mark to know the mark means to perceive it means to acknowledge to be in acquaintance with the mark means what this mark means in your right hand, in your forehead. Always remember that this word in is an inferential adjective. Inferential knowledge is what we're talking about. Involving conclusions reached on the basis of evidence and reasoning. What is this mark upon an epi in the Greek language? This is a preposition in the accusative case. Upon in the accusative grammatical case. This mark upon you expresses the object of an action, the goal of emotion. This is the global media. This is what your educational system, what you acknowledge, what you conceive and devise inside you, your opinions outside of God's word, your inconsistent thought pattern. Remember, mankind is bound by the principles of being human. That means we have an inconsistent thought pattern. That means on principle beliefs when you follow your own heart. When people say to me, oh, I believe in myself, you follow your own heart. It's not going to work out for you. You will never be at peace 
You'll constantly be trying to go back to things that you think will create peace and happiness, which generally is money. And that's a sad thing. And I, you have to come to an understanding of this, these people and pray for these people. But what's this word upon, this mark upon you? A downward active pressure on the mind, your thoughts, intense actions. This word mark and upon you means to superimpose an order of things upon your very being. That's your reactive attitude. That's your spirit. Your soul is what you are. God owns all souls. Jeremiah chapter 18, I believe, or somewhere in there. Ezekiel, I mean. God owns all souls. He created you. He created you in His image. Not morally. He created you in His image. Don't mess with what God created in His image. Now, He didn't create you in His moral image. That's up to you because God will not violate the principles of free will. He wants your free will love. He didn't create a bunch of robots. But when we're talking about in His image, it goes right down to your very soul. Your soul is what you are. You're a human being. Do not mess with how God created your soul, your DNA. And what is the foreman for your DNA? What delegates what your DNA does? Your RNA. Do not mess with the readers, writers, and erasers of your RNA. Be very careful if you have done that through the vaccine. Come to terms with what you've done to yourself. And be very careful when you're feeling argumentative. I'm seeing this play out. I say my prayers for everybody. They don't understand the argument. They don't understand the science. Yet they have this distorted opinion from Satan, the schoolmaster of the planet Earth right now, the global media. You have to form your educated opinion outside of the global media. It's there for one purpose, one plot, and one reason. To fulfill Satan's fantasy written in Ezekiel, or Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 to 14. He wants to be the God most high. He'll do anything. He's a supernatural entity. As it's written, Satan will do anything to change your train of thought. Your train of thought is your spirit. Your spirit is the intellect of your soul. That is your character. That is your reactive attitude that motivates all actions. Of course Satan is going to try and mess with that. Through evil people, people that lie, people that will take a virus and they will spend millions of dollars in million-dollar laboratories and take innocent people's money gullible people's money and apply it to gain of function to change that virus to infect humans it's just dastardly but come to an understanding of what these people are trying to do this is wisdom here let him have the understanding and count the number of the beast why does it have to be 666 and not just 6 because they're superimposing on your mind your thoughts your actions, and your intentions. Your thoughts, your intentions, your actions. Six, six, six. Six is the number of man. Ignorance, aggression, egotism. And having a detached concern for other human beings, which reflects in their attitudes of obscene entitlement over others. These people, unless they repent and come to terms with what's inside of them, cannot enter into a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. And we pray for these people. Let it go, man. Let's get on with the eternity. 
God has a place of peace that is safe. It's united. It's divine completeness. And it's for whomsoever will. And right now, people are lined up at the Ministry of Transportation to get their driver's license. People are lined up at the Ministry of Health up here in Canada to get their health card. People are lined up calling the Ministry of Forestry, talking about what's going on in the forest. Line yourself, get in line at the Ministry of Salvation. For whomsoever will, the doors are open, it's for you. The Lord Jesus Christ suffered the most humiliating death. He suffered, he faced every sin possible, every scenario. Hyper-focused on him, and he said no. Satan, you got nothing on me. I'm coming down here to save these sinners. You nail them to a cross. Just to hang there. Just to hang there in his underwear and die. After they mopped the floor with him and tempted him. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in the Lord Jesus Christ. He did not compromise with evil. He did not negotiate with evil. And he will not make concessions with evil. He laid down his life at the appointed time for us. Satan, as it's written in the book of John, Jesus Christ. You got nothing on me. And if you want to get into a place of peace that our Lord Jesus Christ set up, that is a valid, legit, bona fide, because he did it. He had to come down here in the flesh and do that for us. He did it for you and for me, and we didn't deserve it. So give your heart over to the Lord as it's written in this psalm. What does he want? Your unadulterated love and loyalty. So we can get on with the eternity with the other two-thirds of the angels, the hosts of heaven, the stars that didn't fall and follow Satan and give Satan power. Evil would have no power if we didn't, pay, if we didn't buy into it. Well, I'm going to leave it at that for today. I want to thank you very much for listening. If I've helped you, please help me. I'm sitting here with no electricity or running water. I've been here for a couple of years now. Uh, come on out to the Companion Chapel. It's on a very nice piece of property here. But um, I do this full time and I do it for you because I love you. And I can say I love you because not only is that instructed in the Bible, we have to love the whole human family. And I do. I don't love what people are doing. And I don't know what they're thinking, but it reflects in their actions and their intentions. We pray for these people. We pray for the people in this upper echelon that are responsible for gain of function, for setting up pandemics and coming up with vaccines. It makes no sense. We've had respiratory viruses before. This is a man-made respiratory virus. Every respiratory virus before comes with, if you want to get a vaccine, that's fine. It comes with a, a reduced, uh, restricted amount of the virus itself introduced into your body. So it's a, it's a virus-based vaccine. This vaccine is conducive to the mandate where you come to an understanding of these people. They want the whole world for themselves. They don't need all of us using up all the, all the natural resources. We're just getting in the way. Traffic jams, pollution, burning up the natural resources. I've come to an understanding of why these ultra-rich people are doing this. And it's very easy to see. I've watched this come to pass like historically I can look back I'm not that old but I was born in the 60s 1971 where there was an economic reform we can see it's becoming a one world system we can see what these people do because they can't hide it especially in the days of now video 
Yeah, these videos all get taken down off of YouTube, and you can find them on the deep web. That's where I find them. But also the medical journals that you will not find in the American Journal of Medicine or the New England Journal of Medicine or the Lancet. Those medical journals have become a joke. They're peer-reviewed. You have to look for these things going back to before 218. You'll find what Fauci wrote. You'll find what Bill Gates is up to. You'll find what, what he was born into. Like, who is this guy? Like, we pray for these people. Dude, you're only going to live another 20, 30 years anyway. What do you want? Like, I don't understand. I understand their train of thought. Humanity, they have, to, they have to number down humanity because humanity is just getting in the way of their opulent lifestyles of greed and gluttony. Like, imagine if they could get rid of half the population. What if, what if they could do that? Then they could drive down the freeway at 100 miles an hour. There's hardly any cars. They're, all the natural resources, there's no pollution. You know, they just see us as exploitable and expendable, and that's what Satan's doing. Don't mess with your RNA. That's the foreman for your DNA, the readers, writers, and erasers. It will change your reactive attitude. And if it's done that to you, be aware of it. You can fight it. The love of Christ will defeat anything. I pray for you all. I love you to pieces. My name is Mike. Get a hold of me at Companion Chapel at gmail.com. Or you can call your 509-706-8876. Be a special guest on this podcast. You can help co-host this podcast. I want to tell you something. If you're listening to this podcast, I just upload it blindly. I don't know nothing. I'm just doing this on a MacBook Pro with a Blue Yeti microphone. I've been uh, studying for many years. I do this full time. So if you can help me, if I've helped you, please help me keep bringing this to you. It's just me and my little doggy out here. Um, I want to thank you very much for listening. Help promote this podcast. Share this podcast. Get involved with this podcast. You want to do videos. You want to do it live. I am your servant. I work for you. I work for the Lord Jesus Christ. I love you to pieces. I want you to have a greatest day. And bye for now.